When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you? How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people if they can become something more like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast devoted to the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. And my name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined, as I am every week, by my co-host, Christopher Breffett. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing good, Jesse. I'm still buzzing from the tournament we just had that you posted. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a great weekend. Yeah, and I'm glad you jumped right into it. It was an awesome weekend, and... We had a whole bunch of fun, and it was our first in-person MCP tournament. You know, we've done some round-robin-type tournaments at my house and other people's houses and things like that. We've also done some of these OP events, like the Ultimate Encounters and things like that, but we've never actually gotten to do a Marvel Crisis Protocol official tournament in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because of what's happened over the last two years. So this was a very exciting day in general, just for everybody. And, you know, it was the first of hopefully many tournaments that are going to happen here in Tulsa and hopefully Oklahoma City as well, and just, you know, get a competitive and you know, just casual tournament scene going in Oklahoma. That's the goal. I have high hopes for it. We will see how it goes. But I do know that just like we always talk about, the painted models on the really nice finished boards grab a lot of attention in a shop. You're absolutely right, Chris. The amount of people that came over to check out our models, to check out the quite the selection of boards we had, because we had no overlap of boards, of themes, of, you know of terrain. It was all different. And people really were coming by. It was pretty neat. We had a lot of Monpoc players coming over, checking it out, which makes a lot of sense. But then we also just had a lot of players who were saying, oh, I was planning on getting this course set. And it's helpful for me to see the game out on the table and kind of take a look at what you guys are doing. So I find that very encouraging. And that's what today's episode is about, is our battle report of this tournament in Tulsa that just happened. We thought it'd be really fun to do on the show because we haven't done one of these yet. And several of you have asked us to do this. I mean, we would have done one earlier if there was a actual official tournament here earlier, but there wasn't. So basically what we're going to do today, talk about what we did to prep for the tournament, talk about what we did at the tournament, and just talk about some after tournament thoughts that we had. And, you know, will we take this list again in the future to another tournament? I don't know. There's there's a lot of fun things we can explore here today, Chris. This is going to be pretty free form, and we're going to kind of just basically talk you guys through our day and what we saw and had fun with. Yeah, Jesse, that's right. And 
just to touch on a point you'd made earlier, uh, just the, the fact that we had so many different boards was just kind of insane for such a casual tournament. It was absolutely wonderful. And I know you put in a lot of work to help pull that off. And I think it was all worth it. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Luckily, I've found time over the last two years to kind of just work on boards. You know, I made that Ant-Man board before the game launched. And since then, I've just been trying to make as many different boards as possible that we can play on as a group here in Tulsa and also just our friends play on too. And just, you know, also stream games, new videos on in the future. It's all worth it to me, but it is a lot of time and money and effort. What's fun is I've kind of stretched it out over this period of time we've had, Chris, you know, I've just kept working on them over time. So I actually had very little bits of time, but them all smashed together was enough time. You know, if that makes sense. It just, it was a long commitment because I don't really have a couple of hours to work on train like most people do. I have 30 minutes or an hour here and I just got to take it when I do, when I get it. Dead life. Dad life. You couldn't have said it better. And we'll, we'll talk about the boards in, here in a minute because unfortunately we didn't get to break out all the boards because we didn't have enough players for that, but we were ready to do that. But we did break out a good selection of boards. But before we get into any of that, Chris, before we get into our lists or the boards or just the day of happenings, we got some business to attend to. Fury's Finest is sponsored by Discount Games Inc. Go to discountgamesinc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and miniature gaming needs. Of course, our patrons support this show, Fury's Finest, at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy this show and you'd like to support it, consider checking out our Patreon and supporting with a monthly contribution. It also gets you into the patron Discord, which is growing by the week, which is very exciting, Chris. And it is my favorite community in all of Marvel Christ Protocol, because it is a very wonderful and positive group of people, and we'd love to have you part of this community. We like to keep it positive, and we like to talk about fun things, and, you know, it's just good to be around like-minded, fun people. And this week, one of those like-minded, fun people is our patron of the week, and it is Stephen Q. Stephen, thank you so much so much. Thank you, Stephen. And Chris, I keep getting to say this, which is very exciting. Oh, man. This just happened. We have a brand new Avenger level producer. Oh, baby. That's Dylan D. So thank you, Dylan, on joining our group of producers that, that make this show happen. It really means a lot to us. Yes, it does. Thank you so, so much, Dylan. And as always, the rest of the Avenger level crew, the Zack Attack, Rusty, and Keith. Thank you so much, guys. That's right, guys. Those Avenger producer slots are actually filling up. There's only a few left, so it is a crazy and exciting thing, and we cannot thank them enough for making the show happen. All right, Chris, it's time to get into this tournament battle report. So, Chris, we started this off the way we always start tournaments is we go back a couple of weeks. We go back when we made our lists, what we chose what we decided on, and how we prepped for the tournament. So I wanted you to talk about what you brought, Chris, first. And just we'll, we'll talk about characters, and then we'll talk about tactics cards, and just kind of the thinking on this. Well, you know, we all know I love five threat characters. We do. And who doesn't? And we also all know that I, I just love those X-Men. So it is no surprise that I took a mutant-based team, an X-based team, led of course, not of course, led by Cable. <laughs> oh, you're going to say, oh, I like this led by Cable. It's really Storm's your leader, though. No, I mean, Storm's giving me a leadership ability, but the team is built around Cable. I love it. Well, it's true. It's true. So, of course, 
I'm going to try to grab all three X affiliations in my tournament bag. And I suspect that this is going to stay this way going forward in my tournament bag. I might change some stuff around the edges here and there, but these three, until there's more leadership options, staying in. So that, of course, is going to be Cyclops and Storm as well. So that is the basis of my bag. That is where I started. So yeah, you've got three leaderships. You've got Cable, X-Force, you've got Storm, X-Men Team Gold, and you've got Cyclops, X-Men Team Blue. So yeah, Chris, I think this is one of those rosters that you can really dig into and slam some games with and just keep changing your leader, keep changing your composition, and just get a different experience every time. So I'm really looking forward to you playing more of this. Well, sure. I've still got some of these characters that I need to get on the board, and some are just waiting to be replaced. Fair enough. Well, you named your first three characters, so let's continue with your affiliated X-Men models. Who else do you have that's in the X-Men team? Well, it's going to be Wolverine and Beast. Deadpool didn't quite make the cut. But Domino did, right? Oh, Domino absolutely did. She's X-Men and X-Force as well. I always forget. I always think of her as only X-Force. Just the way my brain is wired for whatever reason. I brought almost everybody available, basically, aside from Deadpool. Yeah, you absolutely did. So that puts us at three leaders and then three affiliated members. So now you're at six, right? That is correct. And so, well, we have one more affiliation. Sabretooth is affiliated with X-Force, I do believe. That's right. So he's going to count in the affiliation, but he's not double dipping on anything or even, you know, rounding all the bases there. Yeah. Most of your first half of the roster is double dipping. So yeah, X-Force is still good. And uh, Sabretooth being X-Force makes a lot of sense. So that leaves you with three picks left, Chris. Who did you choose your last three? So the idea around this team is, you know, the the ball around Cable. It's the gun Mm -hmm. line. It's, It's Cable and Cyclops keeping everybody too scared to get too close. Of course. And then punishing folks who get too close. So in that vein, with the punishment, I decided to go with Baron Zemo. Of course. The charge is just too, 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 too good. Gotta enjoy it while we still can. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> and and I, I tried to. And so to reinforce my gun line, I also threw in uh, the wonderful two-cost, underused, I think, Rocket Raccoon. Oh, yes. If you have a gun line, he must be in it. Absolutely. And then for some OBJ presence outside of turn one, of I went with Toad. I think I should have gone with Mystique, but saved the point. The point's a big deal. You do have a five in your list, so things do get pretty tight. I do like the idea of you having two twos, because I mean, that means, Chris, at certain points in, in certain matchups, you can just run Rocket and Toad as just four points. That's pretty easy to do, you know? It's true. Especially with a leader like Storm, who's only three. That's one of those things. I know you're building around Cable and using Storm's leadership, but, you know, if you have to cut Cable, that's okay, because sometimes you have to go super low threat, and that's a thing. And I think that's something we'll talk about today, but we've got to move on to your tactics cards, because what would a list be without tactics cards? And also... Hopefully, this is our last conversation we have of a tournament battle report with the old system of eight tactics cards. I'm really looking forward to the 10 tactics cards. If you couldn't tell my excitement of the last episode with Omnis, and even you and I's excitement pre the Omnis episode. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the 10. And I'm very much looking forward to just some new releases, you know. Absolutely. I think I want all my non-affiliated characters to just get the boot. But first off, of course, I ran first class. You have to. 
absolute must, especially with Beast. After that, it's nothing too special. Children of the Atom, of course. To me, my X-Men got played med pack. Though, I, I think I might switch to patch up. Oh, you think you got the power to pay for patch up? A bigger peel? I think I can do it. Okay. Fair enough. It's one or the other, for sure. Then we're going to move into the cards I really didn't get to. Oh, well, Disarm. I did play Disarm as well. Yes. Now we're going to move into the filler that never got to make it to the table. Okay. That is Weapon X Program, Exceptional Healing, and One to Punch. And as you might have guessed, they didn't make it to the table because neither did Wolverine or Sabretooth. That's the crazy curveball, and that's a tease for later, Chris. And I, I think that'll make sense when we hear your threats and your thought process later. But great cards if you have those characters in your list, 100%. And I understand why you took them. But yeah, makes sense why you didn't take them. And then you and I also talked about pre the tournament too, potentially you putting in Brace for Impact if you did take Wolverine so someone doesn't throw him and he's that big object being thrown at your team, but didn't seem necessary because you didn't even take Wolverine. No. No harm, no foul there. So Chris, what were your crises to close out your list discussion here? Well, my secure deck, I ran uh, Sword, Gamma Wave, and uh, Mutant Madman. Of course. Yeah, you've got a lot of yeah. good physical defense on your team, so Bead Madman's essential on X-Men. In fact, if you guys go back more than half of our episodes now, almost it feels like, to episode 43, where Omnis and I build an entire X-Men roster just off of this one objective, just trying to get this objective, trying to get Bead Madman. Because, Chris, you've got a lot of four physical defense on your team, a lot. It's really impressive. It's really, really nice. I'm not going to lie. But let's move on to my extraction deck and where I think I have more to talk about. Okay. So my extraction deck was Spider Infected, Alien Ship Crashes in Downtown, and Mutant Extremists Target U.S. Senators. Oh, so you didn't end up taking hammers. You and I did discuss before. We couldn't find your the hammer's hammer card. Yeah. yeah. My stuff is in disarray after all these moves. Yeah, of course. it's probably in just one of your uh, bags with one of your characters. Hammers does, Chris, not come, you know, with corset or anything. It's definitely a character expansion. But and I, I think I quickly learned in game one that Spider Infected is not the crisis for either me, my playstyle, or the mutants. Yeah, and that's something we'll talk about here shortly. But certainly, you do not want a Spider Infected on, let's say, Beast or Cable with a larger base size, right? That's a right. big deal. Same way you would want a spider infected on a kingpin or a Hulk or a Modoc. It's just, it's going right. to pull them all around and they don't want that. But I mean, you also, you had some other good objectives in there. I mean, the Senator is very spicy and exciting. Oh, and I used it and I loved it. Yeah. Cause you're kind of going attrition X-Men and you're going gun line and it's like, with you having cover and you keeping a gun line, you can win through attrition if you always get cover because, you know, you have the gun line. And that's what's really cool about the Senator. The game's just going to go on a long time, Chris, without that much scoring. That's just how that objective works. I love that objective as a Spider-Foes player. I take it every time as Spider-Foes because my goal as a Spider-Foes player is the game to go on as long as possible so I get as many attacks off as possible, you know? And I, I'd say your gun line's a similar thing. It definitely works in theory. A lot of practice with this list. But we'll get into the finer details of more of this soon, Chris. So that's your list. That's your 10 models. That's your eight tactics cards. Soon to be 10, which is very exciting. I can think of two more you'd throw in there. Two X-Force cards. Oh, yeah. That would be 
awesome to get that cat and mouse and pretty sneaky sis just put those right in and when you switch to x-force you have two affiliation cards and you just go so we got to talk about my list now because i did not play x-men in fact i played something that i've been playing a lot of recently and should come as no surprise to anyone on the podcast especially with my storied and deep history in the past with the guardians of the galaxy i did play all new all different avengers under sam wilson which is very exciting it's like the Guardians have a leadership ability. That's the way at least my Weird. played my list. So I'll go through what my list is real quick. So I played Captain America, Sam Wilson as my leader. And then I played War Machine, Luke Cage, Hawkeye, and Iron Fist as all affiliated three threats in the Avengers. Then I had some interesting spice, Chris, in this list. I had Lizard as another three threat, unaffiliated. And then I had Hydra Bob as an unaffiliated two threat, Nebula as an unaffiliated two threat, and Black Widow as affiliated two threat. And last but not least, I had one four threat, unaffiliated Carnage. Wow. Definitely different from a lot of the Sam lists going around. I see, though, a lot of recurring cast members, mainly War Machine, Cage and Iron Fist, but everything else seems to be pretty different in my list. And I know Bob's obviously a great addition in the Sam Swarm, and a lot of people are playing yeah, it as well. Yeah, it's insane. Chris is like, the synergy is almost too much. It actually is. It's ridiculous. It's pretty amazing. And just the, the fact that he just will not go away, it just keeps triggering that Sam leadership every yeah. turn, or he's throwing nine dice. It's, it's ridiculous. Now, you guys... No, on the podcast, I love Carnage. Well, he's one of my all-time favorite Marvel villains, but it wasn't just because Carnage is one of my favorite villains, why he was my fourth threat. I know the more competitive list in the Sam Swarm is to take someone like Vision or even like a Black Panther or something, take an affiliated Avenger who's a fourth threat. Vision is obviously incredible in this list because you just get free moves on him and heals, and then you set up the perfect beam and just basically annihilate their team. Black Panther's similar situation, except no beams. It's just he never dies, and he gets to do what he wants, and he gets benefits of all the Avengers cards. I didn't go that route because I wanted to play Carnage, and because what's interesting about this list is if I encounter another Sam Swarm, I take Carnage and just eat all their low threat characters just from the bottom up. It's an interesting meta call, but I just wanted to play Carnage. And what's funny is I didn't actually get to bring him out all day because... It turns out most of us all day played low threat, and we'll get to that soon. But on those higher threat games, I would definitely take Carnage. And I'm looking forward to playing this list more, Chris, especially keeping Carnage in and especially keeping Bob and Black Widow in. And Nebula is great. I've also tried Rocket in the slot. I refuse to play Koye until she's changed. That's just me. Oh, my. I don't want to be that mean. And I think Rocket's okay in this team. Like He's just another good two threat. I think Nebula is awesome in this team. She seems like an absolutely insane pick for this team. But so is Aquae, right? Because she can bodyguard and you can decide when people sure. are dying or not. But like Nebula heals on her turn anyways, just one. So if you add in the Sam heals and then you add in some short movements for her, she is a long mover. She wants to kill people. She's really good at it. She hits like a three and she's a two. These are all things Sam Swarm wants because you want your entire roster to be threes and twos, honestly. So Nebula is a perfect fit. I highly recommend it. But moving on to my tactics cards, my two restricted cards were Doom Prophecy and All You've Got. And then my affiliated Avengers cards were Avengers Assemble and Second Wind. And to round it out, I had two generic cards, Blind Obsession, which you guys know I always take because I just always love it on that flank point. Someone that's dueling someone else, they blind obsess. 
it's a really good spot to be in. Bitter Rivals, and then I had two named character cards. I had Carnage Rules, because if you're playing Carnage, you have to take his card, in my opinion, because if you're taking him, he's you're taking him for one specific purpose, is to delete models, and this helps him delete models more. And then, of course, rounding out my list, the best card out of all eight of these in front of me, Heroes for Hire, for Luke Cage and Iron Fists. Chris is shaking his head because... I hate that card. You agree. It's probably the best card in my list. And obviously, yeah. its stock goes up anytime I take Cage and Iron Fist. But I didn't take them every game all day, but I did take one of them every game. So this card got play all day because it's an incredible card. Lethal Protector is part of the reason why you take Venom. Something Ominous and I talked about last episode. 100%. And Heroes for Hire is just a better Lethal Protector, honestly. So it's just one of those things. Like If you're going to play Cage and Iron Fist, I strongly recommend playing this card in your 8. And then there's no question it's not in your 10 when the cards go from 8 to 10. Easy. That's just easy. It's so easy and it's so good. And we'll talk about some situations that came up with it earlier. So moving on to my Crisis cards... Chris started with Secures, so I'll start with Secures. My Secures were Mutant Mad Men turned City Center into a lethal amusement park, the Sword Base, and then Portals overrun the city with Spider People. And then my Extracts were Fear Grips the World as Worthy Terrorized Cities, so Hammers, and then Spider Infected. That's the Spider Infected Extracts. And then Struggle for the Cube, because my team doesn't mind taking damage and dying from the cubes. And it's pretty great. And the struggle for the cube was actually my MVP of the entire day, without a doubt. I could see that. Yep. It worked out. It did. It did. So, Chris, we didn't bring out all the boards. We only brought out six to equal the number of players we had. So, we brought out my recently unveiled on the social media and brand new board that I trimmed out less than a week before the tournament, my Wakandan Plains board, because frankly, I've seen some incredible Wakandan Ruins boards. And I was like, well, I don't want to step on anybody's toes there. I want to do something different with Wakanda. What if we went on the like outskirts of Wakanda, like the villages, like where Umbaku is and some of those other clans and things. So my thinking was, let's go some African Plains. Let's go small village. Of course, we got to have animals there, giraffes and rhinos and things and crocodiles. And it was a fun map to play on, but also we had the Asgard board out of the Odin Sun Garden on it, which is a monument to Odin. We had the X Mansion out, which was very exciting. Mm, mm-hmm. We had Bleecker Street out, which was full Bleecker Street. Very cool. We also had one of my earliest maps I worked on that took me some of the longest and still very different. We had Clintar out, the Symbiote Homeworld, to have a cosmic board out there, of course. To close it out, we had Savage Land Village, big... Cretaceous type trees, and then of course the dinosaurs and other logs and fallen trees and things to round out that board. So we had quite a variety of boards. They all had a pretty equal amount of size fives all the way down to size ones. Mm -hmm. But the way they were placed, the way that they were set up, the shapes of the terrains were also different. So it actually brought really interesting play as opposed to a tournament that's all cities. Because it's like, for instance, on the Savage Land board, the dinosaurs are size fives and all the tall Cretaceous trees are size fours, but they're pretty thin, right, Chris? Right. So it's it's a lot of size four terrain always around you. Yeah, it, it definitely factors into a lot of your decision making when building out your list that you're going to play. I mean, it's different. It, yeah, it just has to. And I love it. We don't talk about enough on this show and even in this community, but like terrain dictates movement and, and pathways and, you know, we call these firing lines in other games. That matters too. Like 
the expansion was just one giant size five, but it took up a third of the map. You know, these are the type of things we have that are different. And, you know, it's really fun. Like on the Wakandan plains, which we're about to get to, we had one giant baobab tree but that was it that was only size five so it's like that compared to like bleaker street where it's like dr strange's house or the x mansion being a five this is very different yeah it it presents completely different scenarios with just the amount and then just the amount of terrain available to throw is just completely different when it comes to talking about a cityscape versus a a a wild scape of some sort Mm. Uh, even clintar with just tons of stuff spread and scatter around tentacles eggs hives spawning pools all these things that are just different and something we also had chris at our day which i'm really proud of is something that the guys at amg have talked about they want to see more in the game too is almost every map had at least one uninteractable terrain piece now what does that mean that means it's a terrain piece that's fixed on the map it cannot be picked up and thrown but if you're on it and you meet the size requirements you always get cover so for instance on the wakandan map we have a big pool of water where the animals are drinking from it's a size three so any size two models in it will get covered but they're also slowed their movement's slowed because they're climbing through that they're hiding in the water yeah but you can never throw the river, right? You can never throw the pond. Right. So it's one of those things, the same with the Clintar map with the spawning pool. It's just one of those things, like it adds a little bit of fun. And also it's, it's great to pop a Hawkeye or a rocket in one of those, you know, and it's pretty thematic oh, moment. It's fun. Of course, Chris, we've hinted at it and things like that, but you and I did play game one. We were actually paired up game one and it was on the Wakandan Plains on the African Savannah. And we just got to get into our game. I think just straight off, right off the bat. It was rough, man. Let's talk about what we picked. You gave me secures and you chose extracts. So I chose I did sword base, which I think this was your first time playing sword base, at least in person for sure. I think it was my first time playing sword base ever. And I chose the spider people extract. Definite mistake on my part. Why do you say that? Well, they're too unpredictable. And with running beast, you know, I really needed hammers because I needed beasts to come out of turn one with two hammers, two different extract tokens, basically. Right. And you're referring to the spider infected civilians. You can only hold one. Right. You can only hold one. Yeah. That's the crisis you chose. And I chose sword and we had a pretty fun setup. Like we had, you know, sword right across the middle. So we had two of the sword tokens kind of in the village and then one off to the side by the river and the trees and stuff. And then we had the spider infected kind of spread about, but a lot of action was happening in the village, which is pretty fun. Rocket was hiding behind those size two Wakandan barricades. Couldn't see him, but let's just talk about what happened in the game. Turn one, I double move lizard all the way, all the way up yeah, as far as I can. And I take one side of the sword base, basically the furthest flank, the furthest part into the village. So already the far left side has been flipped And it presents a question to you. Now, you do the beast stuff, which is really good. You hop beast, you first class, you pick up a spider infected, and you flip the far right sword base with beast. Exactly. So I just mirrored. Yeah. My new priority is to take the middle sword base as hard as I can. And you've kind of got your cable bubble set up on that right sword flank and not really in the middle very much. Like you have rocket there. That's about it. That might have been your mistake on this one in general. It's just like you almost were you were bunched up perfectly for an E or a C, but we were playing this just two spreads. Both objectives were spread, you know? 
I mean, the sword was a C. It was 100% that. I, I really wanted an E or a C for sure. Gamma, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't flip the map correctly or aggressively enough. I let you kind of dictate the the terms on, on the ground. And it, this just happens. It happens. But I was rolling pretty average. Yeah. You know. Except when I coupled with you, But that's why I say average and not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cyclops had some insane rolls. I had a few good throws on that optic devastation. But it's like rolls didn't matter at all at the point we're talking about. Because it was point, like, right. I'd taken sword fully, and then I had matched you on spider infected. Right. Right. And I just couldn't take away any activations. Bob was wreaking havoc on my <laughs> flank with just tons of dice. And I, I sent him by himself. That's right. On that flank. You know, I could kill him very easily, but he's just going to come back. So he's eating up activations for me. You're killing him, but yeah, it's taking yeah. actions from you. Bob did get the rocket off. He did kill Storm with the rocket. He which did. Seems fitting. But yeah, I just basically planted Bob's feet by the sword base and just either made you kill him before he could flip it, or you know what I mean? Like it, it's one of those positions where it's like if you don't kill him, he just flips the sword base back, right? On that side. Right. And then meanwhile, the left sword base has been with me all game and we're really just fighting with the middle sword base so you're in a position where it's like whatever happens i either have the right sword base or i have the left sword base and then the middle i'll fight you there all day and lose models that's okay with me you know because it is such a big objective moving an enemy character short is very powerful and i was doing that to cable as much as i could oh yeah and it definitely threw all my positioning off and i just couldn't recover from your just absolutely awesome turn one and the double lizard move was just honestly kind of devastating i was not prepared for it yeah it's something i learned a long time ago with goblin right i i double move goblin and i take something aggressive and i just say do you want to kill goblin that's fine he'll be on his backside now or you know what i mean it's one of those things i mean because lizard has wall crawler goblin has flight beast has wall crawler you can do the same thing so you got to respect those medium bases with those medium moves. You have to know it's, it's coming or it could come. You know, sometimes your opponent could just trick you out with it. They could put beast or lizard like that. And then they end up not doing it. You know, they, they go across the board and they just do something safe. So it, it is a tough spot to be in. I feel like I kited your gun line pretty well too, because I never let my weaker models to the gun line, obviously like Danny and stuff. I could never get you down any activations. And that was because of Bob 100%. Bob on that flank because because I had to devote a higher higher importance model to dealing with him almost every turn and then the turns I didn't he burned me yeah and I guess we didn't talk about our team so your team was Cable Cyclops Storm Rocket Beast so no Logan which might have been a thing too you know Logan would love to be on one of the third points my team was Lizard Luke Cage Iron Fist Sam Bob and War Machine. A pretty, I had a pretty vanilla list, but and yeah, that, that's of course because we played on seventeen threat. We played the average threat of just MCP in general. Like that's just the average threat. We did, but it is interesting if you think about. I don't know. Like I know you really want to play cable bad, so it's one of those things. But it's like if you drop cable down to Logan, right, and you bump rocket up to a three, like a Zemo or something, you can definitely get to the sword bases as fast as me. Oh, for sure. I just needed to make the my own mistake, and honestly, I was playing cable. Yep, come learn. hell or high water, all day, no matter what. Yeah, your goal of the day was to break in cable because you just got yours painted and learn them. And I respect that, right? And I understand that. 
But 17 is not bad on cable. But I, I'd say 17 oh, no. uh, onward is probably where he lives, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20. So, you know, it's just one of those things, Chris, like every game of the tournament, I used second wind and stuff really well. Like I, that card, we forgot about it. And Steve's Avengers, because everybody is Avengers symbol, but any number of allied Avenger characters may spend one to play this card. Characters that spent power that way may remove one damage and one stun token from them. The stun doesn't have that much, but the one damage, it really matters. You know, it just kind of skews defensive dice results because you're like, well, Danny was two health away from death. Now he's three and he's in cover. Can you kill him? You know, there's there's just a lot of questions that poses to your opponents and it uh, won me a lot of games, I would say, which is a crazy thing. I did not all you got or Doom Prophecy in our game at all. No, you did not. But I did Bitter Rivals, and Bitter Rivals on Cable, when he has a bubble, is pretty strong. Yeah, it kills him. It really does. The bubble around him, everyone's reduced. He's the same. Yeah, it negates his, well, it negates his telekinetic shield. It basically reduces it by one, essentially. So it's kind of a, it's a Cable soft counter in ways, but... Right. We got done with our game, and we got to watch the end of another game, which was fun. And, you know, I will say... There was no repeat affiliations of the day, so that was a pretty fun thing. But we've got to move on to your game, too, Chris, because it was a pretty intense one. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I don't know how much of it I remember. I know you played Threat, 14 Threat, right? Yeah, we were playing 14 Threat, yeah. So the Senator, it came out. It was the Senator, yeah. Demon Portals. Demons Downtown, okay. Demons Downtown. So you were playing Matt, one of our strongest local players, and he was playing pure Asgard. He was, he was. So my team for this one was Cable, Cyclops, Storm with her leadership ability, and Toad. I had the gun line set up pretty well. Matt, my opponent, was playing Thor, Valkyrie, Enchantress, and Toad. A Toad off. It was a Toad off. And unfortunately, I came out on the wrong end of the Toad off. But it was a very close game. Cable did some awesome work early. Storm got an excellent role in on Enchantress on turn one, which really, really set Matt back. Storm. Love that. It was available, and I I, I rolled the dice, and I, I hoped for the best, and it worked out that time. But as the game wore on, and Odin's Blessing on Enchantress just broke, broke my back. She didn't die. She didn't die. I didn't play around it, and it really... Just, I could not recover from it. And then she beamed away, right? I had eliminated Valkyrie on turn two, Ooh. which was excellent, but I just, that Odin's Blessing, like I said, it just broke my back. You play it every time in Asgard, yeah? It's it's oh, very you have strong. To. It's too good, too good. So you guys basically were just like fighting up Main Street on Bleecker, which was pretty fun. And yes. obviously you found the Senator and it was like a toad off right. on who was carrying the Senator and stuff like that. Because I actually caught the back half of you guys' game because my game finished a little bit earlier. So, yeah, it looked crazy. It was just a crazy game. And I'm happy you guys finished before time, too. We were trying to play fast, but, you know, I got the Senator uncovered on my my first activation. Toad. Wow. My left flank, the Senator was there. So I got that captured early, which led to Enchantress overextending a little bit. Mm -hmm. Storm punished. But once again, you know, Odin's blessing two turns later, and it was just, I just couldn't recover from that. But because Enchantress had come up the middle, most of the fighting was happening in between my objective and the middle. My demon portal and the middle demon portal. The middle demon portal yeah. flipping back and forth between us. Makes sense. Yeah, it was it was a close game. Well, moving on to my second game, I played 
Dennis, who is one of my friends and one of my toughest opponents. He's one of the people I train with, so it's pretty funny that I played him round two. He, of course, won his first game. I was playing him second game, and I'd, I'd won my first game, and we were basically playing for that spot, the 1-0 spot, and we played on Asgard in the Odin Sun Garden. He was playing X-Force, and he chose Gamma, and I chose Cubes. Of course. And Cubes is really violent on Gamma. Oh, yeah. They're spread all over the map, and if you are not in that Gamma range too, everyone's taking pings, right? Everyone's taking damage. So it's pretty risky. You have to get out there, get the Cubes. You take pings from the Cubes, you get more power. And then also you take pings from being out in the gamma radiation. So very exciting for my team to choose that map because I'm I'm fine to send people to die if they can maybe get a point and then bring it back closer to my team and then somebody else runs against the cube. I, I wasn't afraid of that as much because I know X-Force, you know, very similar to Spider-Foes and even Chris's version of X-Men. They're nutritionless. They want the game to go long. Absolutely. They want to fight you as long as possible. So my goal was to score as quick as possible, just kind of like I did in our game, Chris. Like If I went to all six rounds against X-Men, I would have lost so many models. I had to score early on you, and that's what I did. And that's kind of the whole point of my list, because I, I know things happen for me late game when people die, but like I can't fight late, late, late game against other teams. And your team was no different from the X-Force. So I play Dennis. He's a great player. He knows Cable like the back of his hand. So he's playing Cable, Domino, Logan, so Wolverine, and then Deadpool with the Chimichanga. Very strong list. And he immediately sends Deadpool to a flank to get a cube. And he sends Cable and Wolverine and Domino up the middle. It's just one of those games, man. Like I, I double move Lizard and I take one of his cubes, of course. Mm-hmm. And I basically put Lizard in a horrible spot to be tapped by Deadpool. But I'm like, that's fine. I'm already ahead. Because my thought process was, if I score one cube more than him round one, I'm ahead one point, which is enough for me to win this game. And that's how it ended up turning out. Top of round one, I had three cubes. We tied on the center. It was like Logan and and Cage tying the center. So no, no one scores that. Cable scores his back point. Sam Cap scores my back point. I've got Danny and and some other people getting cubes on the map. So what do you know? We tie on gamma. We both score on gamma on our back points. We don't score in the middle. And then I score three cubes. He scores two. Top of turn two, though, Deadpool gets off bang, 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 and bang, 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 and and just deletes Lizard straight up. Oof, that's Takes tough. a cube. But that's okay, because my plan this whole game was to get as much power on Danny as possible and put an activated token on Logan or Cable. That's my plan. Mm. So nasty. I send Sam wide, get a get a cube. It's one of those things like I'm still up on cube. So as long as I survive and I can kind of like nullify the middle gamma where no one scores. Yeah, I'm taking the cable right. gun line in my face and I'm going to die. But like as long as no one scores the middle, I'm just going to win the game. And that's basically how the game played out. We had a crazy back and forth. He even got some Akani-san off of, on his cable, that A2 craziness, Ooh. healing, cables healing as he's doing it. But Wolverine did not much in the game. Domino did nothing in the game, really. Oh, that's surprising. It was Deadpool and Cable that did all the work in, on his side. And of course, on my side, it was Cage living too long, like he does. Mm-hmm. Danny doing all the work. And then Sam being extra conservative. I think what won me the game was late game. There was a point where Sam had two or three damage on him, which is very scary. On oh, yeah. Five stamina model. And I said, you know what? Sam has a cube. I'm just going to like charge away throw my shield, maybe get a little, a little bit of power. And then I'm going to move again. And I'm going to move all the way almost back to my deployment where I'm still in the gamma, still scoring the gamma on my side, but 
keep him as far away from the team because that's can't the, lose him. That's the right call. Can't lose him. And you know, the big swing was you know there was a turn where he had flipped Danny like you do with Cable, and I got to put an activated token on Logan with the Immortal Iron Fist. And like, I don't think people respect the activated token enough, Chris, because it's one of those things no. like it doesn't matter if Danny didn't kill Logan. What matters is that I gave him activated token and that I. Now took you down four threat this entire round. Exactly. It, it not only that, but it sets those four points of threat back an entire round of movement, of building power. Yes. Of maybe taking damage of of anything. Why why hit him if he's not going to move? They'll give him power for next turn. And meanwhile, this whole exactly. game, Dennis is doing so well deleting my models because he's such a good player. But every time he deletes a model, dazes or KOs them, I just move Cage short. To the back gamma. Right. Cage is just like, he's walking across the map until he gets to that back gamma, and then he plants his feet there. He tries a Hail Mary move late game. He moves Deadpool back to the back gamma to try to, like, at least, you know, try and kill Cage. And just one of those things, like, can't kill Cage, and then it's like, well, no. that's game, because I need, like, one or two more damage on Cage. But Danny and Cage won me that game. I mean... I heroes for hired in that game, of course, like always. Yes, as you did against me as well. I threw Cable out of the Gamma, okay? So that's mm. really strong. And I just like made sure Danny didn't die because I heroes for hired Danny with Cage. It was just incredible. Like The card is so versatile. They can do it with each other or they can do it with an, an ally. It's very expensive, but like it's worth it. Yeah, it's really good. Once again, you know, and this is a funny game. It's one of those things like I I did all you got on War Machine. I tapped cable four times with all you got. Nothing. Like I did like a damage. And so I just dazed my own roadie when he was like full health. But I was like, I, I thought for certain I would kill cable, you know? Surely something would get through. No, yeah. it just didn't happen. That's how this game works sometimes. And I even missed like my Sam trigger when Lizard was dazed early on and stuff. It's just, there was so much going on. Gamma's a crazy, crazy map. I hadn't played it in a while, which is pretty funny. Because we played it so much for so long. But it was super yes. fun. Now, I knew Dennis was going to be probably one of my toughest opponents all day. And it felt good to beat him because he was basically saying, if Deadpool kills Cage there, we get to go one more round, even though you're up on points. But if I can't kill Cage there, you just score eight points in one turn, which is what I did. And that was kind of a theme with me for the day, Chris. It was like, I'd score a couple points and then round two or three, I'd score like eight or nine points. And as long as I could get the game done before like round four... I'm good with this list. Now, rounds four, five, and six, I can't say anything. You know, these guys don't do a lot of damage, you know? <laughs> I, I can't go to that late, late game. No. So I've got to score like eight or nine points on like a round two or three. And that's luckily what happened for me in the first two games. But moving on to our third game, you got the bye, right? I did. I did get the bye. Unfortunately, we were short one player at the tournament. So we did have a bye that was rotating around. But you did get to relax the last game, which is pretty nice. Of course, I had to play Wiggy. We you talked about in the podcast before, <laughs> our local powerhouse of Criminal Syndicate player. And Criminal Syndicate's a pretty tough matchup for Sam. It's funny because they're they're tough matchups for each other in different ways. Like they have strengths and weaknesses that Absolutely. counter each other. Right. We were playing on the Savage Land, which is very exciting. I lost priority rule, which is basically sometimes game over against criminals. Because they're gonna choose blue. It's true. Wiggy chose blue, he chose Fisk Witnesses which is only two spots on the map. And I said, well, I'm happy I chose cubes again because it's spread all over the map. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm going to play my game. You're going to play your game. There's no way I'm going to win the witness game, but I'm going to win the cube game. That's kind of how I played this game out. I 
Double move Lizard, got a cube. Move Sam, long, got a cube. Got a cube with Widow. Widow came out in this game, which is very exciting. You love to see it. Sadly, Nebula didn't come out all day, even though I really wanted her to come out because crises we were playing just didn't warrant her, unfortunately. But Widow came out, which is very exciting. Bob was there too, of course. Ugh. <laughs> you just don't want to hear anymore about Bob. Him not going away is just such an annoyance. It's not even overpowered. It, I mean, maybe. It's smarter people for me to decide that. But it's just so annoying. That's what he's supposed to be. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's like the easiest to kill to threat by far. Like even easier than Rocket. Right. It's a funny thing. But basically, we had two fights over the witness spots on the map, as you would, as you would imagine. Wiggy was running a really interesting and powerful list that I helped him dojo and work on, which was basically criminal bodies, healing, healing factor, a lot of scary things, Chris. So he had Kingpin and Omega Red and Lizard, Taskmaster. These are all tanky, tanky characters. Okoye, this is scary stuff. I mean, these are all strong models. Yes, very. But basically what I had to do was just weather the first couple turns of the witness because there's no way I'm going to win it, period. And then chip away each of his models one at a time and get them to their day side, which is what I did. I basically would target one model, get them to their day side, move on, ignore that model forever. Like if I flipped Kingpin, I'd never touch him mm-hmm. again. If I flipped a Mega Red, move on to Koye, move on to Lizard, you know, on his side. And that's how I won the game. Definitely my longest game of the day. Went the most rounds. Props to Wiggy on that. And, you know, it was tough. But I will say what probably won me the game. Not even say Danny, even though Danny did get off his attack. His second wind. I had so many Avengers and I had so many cubes and I was mainly scoring through cubes and he was mainly scoring through the witnesses that I had to heal all that damage I was taking on cubes. I mean, there was a point, Chris, late game, you came by and saw... Oh, yeah. Danny had two or three cubes. That's just a terrifying thing. So if he can <laughs> yeah. if he can heal one damage, that's helpful. So I had second win, heal one damage on everybody, and, and then I just tried to stay out of the range two of the criminals. Because, you know, the biggest weakness of the criminals is they are so powerful at range two. They're so powerful by the objectives. But if you can kind of keep out of their range and make them come to you, they have trouble. So I tried to do that as right. much as I could. It's tough, though. It's one of those things. I never played Carnage, Chris, the whole day. And maybe this was the game where I was considering it. It's a bummer. I'm sorry. But I did not play him. Of course, at the same time, Dennis, who was my second round opponent, and who was Wiggy's opponent round one, was playing Matt. And they were having a knockout dragout fight. Literally, it got to nearly time. And then Dennis OTK'd. Matt. There was no way for him to win because Matt was up on points because they were playing civilian evac on Asgard, so the best objective for Asgard. And then Dennis just tabled all of his models with X-Force. At the end of the day, I got first place at the tournament and Dennis got second. So that made more sense why our second game was such a knockout dragout fight. But it was a super fun tournament. Like I think I learned a lot about this list and, you know, things I would tweak in all our lists, you know, because we all talk about our lists as a group. Several of us are all friends, help each other out, help each other make tweaks and things like that. And I, I think I have tweaks, you know, that suggestions and that might not be right, but tweaks and suggestions that everybody could do. One of the things I did early on, Chris, that I didn't follow through with the tournament was I had Deadpool in my list instead of Hawkeye. And I think I would have just left Deadpool in because Hawkeye never got brought out. And it's kind of just another Avengers body because Deadpool is an Avengers, weirdly. And he's a, he's healthy on both sides. So he's just a body on my team that they have to kill. And then when they kill, I trigger Sam 
you know? And it's just one of those things like he's always healthy. I don't know. It's kind of like Bob, but on steroids, maybe. Also, Iron Man in that spot would be exceptional because a lot of patrons were asking on the patron discord. Yes, I was running kind of my own version of the invincible Sam Swarm. Right. People call it that because I was running Cage, Lizard, and War Machine that all reduce one damage when they take damage. Yeah, but missing Iron Man. Correct. He's clearly the weakest of those characters, but at the moment still has a really good place. And if I had the Aegis laser in my hand, I would have played it. I would have played Iron Man every game. I would have. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, it's like, what a way to like nuke Storm or something, right? Just like get behind the lines and just like take your affiliation away from you or something. Like, it's just a surgical strike. That's something I want to explore with characters like Nebula and 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 that strike against your Sam Swarm list. Okay. I really want to try it. You know, when are we going to get, you know, a stealth character? Or maybe I need to bring out Mystique. I don't know. I've got <laughs> ideas, but we need to get another game in quick. It's so true. So you got two games in. I got three for the day. We had a lot of fun talk after. Everyone got an OP kit just for attending, so it was a fun day. If you're in Oklahoma or nearby, please come to our next tournament because this was kind of a trial run. We all put a lot of time and effort into it. I can't not give enough shout outs to like Wiggy and Eric and Dennis and Chris, all these people. That, Absolutely. Like, Dennis was at this shop giving demos like every week for like a lo- last couple months. So, I mean, talking about repping the community and growing the community, that's a very noble and amazing job that he was doing. And it's something I'm looking forward to doing more in the future, Chris, just giving demo days to new players. Absolutely. We had a good, fun tournament. It was not an easy lineup. It was a smaller tournament, but like every person was an advanced player. So it's one of those things like, it was kind of fun in that way. You know what I mean? It was like, I don't know, we didn't have any new players there at all, which was surprising. Right. Clearly some of the best players in all of Tulsa, I know this because I play with them on a regular basis. People are part of the Fury's Finest patron discord and just part of the Fury's Finest group, you know? They didn't make it easy. They didn't make it easy. It was it was a win I was proud of no. because I had to play some hard opponents. It was a lot of fun, and you should be proud. Your your list represented well. It was very enlightening to watch you execute your game plan. And, and moreover, it was just a great time to play in person, expose the game to a lot of people. And I already know the turnout is going to be better at the next one, just because there were some guys that were pretty hyped about this game. Yeah, a lot of people came by, saw us playing on the Savage Land board, asking questions. We're, we're thinking at a core set. I want to be at the next tournament. The store we went to, Dice Addiction, props to them. They had really good oh yeah, you know, participation prizes. Everyone gets an OP kit, which is great. And then they were essentially like, if this grows in the future, we'll add more prizes to the pool and stuff like that. So no complaints at all. I learned a lot. Very pleased. It was so fun to play in an actual tournament in person. I'm looking forward to a lot more, Chris, in the coming future. And I'll say, you know, my version of the Sam Swarm is a little different and weird, but like just in general, like the Sam Swarm, it's strong, but like that aside, it, it's fun, you know? And it actually mm-hmm. asks a lot of questions of its pilot. It's not one of those things like Steve where it's like, okay, I never missed one Steve trigger. I'm good for the day. I never missed one storm cover trigger. I'm good for the day. The Sam Swarm is like, okay, someone days, 
either by your opponent or by your own means, like Bob or something. Right. What are you doing now? You have to choose one character who moves short. This is very important. Don't put someone in harm's way or put them in harm's way to trigger another days. I think there's a lot of questions. It's simple to pilot in the way of like people days you do something. Okay. But it's, it's difficult to pilot and there's a very high ceiling on a competitive level where it's like, okay, what's the right move right now? And like I said, like, Dennis was just deleting my models over and over again, but like I was using the Sam leadership so well that I got around a lot of his attrition in a weird way. It's like mm-hmm. I'd move Sam to a safe spot. I'd move Cage one step closer to that back gamma without doing anything. Oh, yeah. That means on Cage's turn, he can strike and throw people with reckless abandon without having to worry about moving and things like that. So it's very interesting decision points. And I look forward to playing more of the future. Like I said, I played Guardians for so long, it's kind of second nature, just kind of body objectives with the swarm. It's super interesting now to get like the Avengers card spread and Avengers roster, you know, threes and twos and stuff. I'm really looking forward to playing this list more in the future, I think. And I'm really looking forward to helping oh. you get this Scott gun line going on top of the cable and storm gun line. Well, I think the Scott gun line is coming. I think Gambit is going to help. Probably a Colossus too, right? Because Schick was saying... Colossus is really good. In the I believe team. that. That's really all the list is missing is someone that they can't just blow by. Oh, yeah. That's really all that's missing is someone that can ho- just be a little bit sticky towards your opponent's front line. And then some cheaper models, right? And it's like, yeah. if Gambit or Colossus are cheaper models, which I'm hoping they are, like they're in the three threat range, that gives you all these tools as X-Men, you know? Yes. It's like, you can fight at any threat level. And Chris, we talked about it two episodes ago on our AMG Mini Stravaganza 2 discussion. I mean, Rogue might be one of the best four threats in the game, if not the best. I'm pretty excited about that. Not really a huge fan of Rogue, the character. I know, I'm crazy. Yeah, a little bit. No, that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but I'm super excited for her in this game. It's fun. It's nice to be excited about something I would otherwise not be excited about. It's weird. I was super excited about her. Like, coming into this game? Because I'm like, oh, clearly they're going to do Rogue, right? If they're doing these other X-Men. Well, yeah, and the sculpt is fantastic, too. And then I saw the video, and I saw the sculpt, and more importantly, I saw her card, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, she's going to be in, like, every list I ever make just to try her out. You know, she might she might be in my new Lizard Part 2, Chris. We've talked about this off mic. The way I build lists now, doesn't matter what the list is, I start with Lizard, and I choose nine <laughs> models. So, <laughs> Rogue might be my four you know, Lizard's my oh, three, no. and, you know, she might be my four Lizard. She rewards high play, you know, and she's also a threat to your enemies that can't ignore. So there's a lot of cool things going on there. It's the Carnage thing, but more even across the board. It's not this, like, yes. crazy pendulum, like, oh, Carnage is like, well, you dominated them or Carnage got vaporized. She's flat across the way, but what's what's great about that is she can she can pivot into a Carnage or she can pivot into more of a Black, right. a Black Panther type four threat. It's the way you play her, and that's so evocative of the character. Yeah, that's what's so fun thinking about this is she's going to be a Swiss Army knife for you on the on the field with such an impressive suite of attacks and powers at four threat, and she's tanky, and she's got flight. It's going to be very nice. Hmm, how do I say this? She is just utility. 100%, yeah. She's utility, and uh, she is like a truck if you let her. Don't let her do that. Right. And the model is just incredible, Chris, and I'm waiting on Gambit to see what happens, you know? 
We'll see. I'm very curious to see his card. Him and Colossus both, right? Like they're just too iconic of X-Men to not know what they do in the game yet. And it's like just framing them around Scott Storm and even Cable's leaderships. Like where do they fit in? How do they play in those teams? It's very interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing their cards because Rogue fits in all three of those teams quite well. And probably the Brotherhood too. Spoiler alert. She's probably going to be an Avenger as well. Probably. And I'm ready to try her. She might slot right into this list I have right now and uh, Carnage takes the back seat. But I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to playing more reps with this, some higher threat and doing Carnage because, you know, Chris, I never exceeded 17 the whole day. Same. 17 and 14 are what I play that, which is not where I should be at with my lists. But with Cable especially, right? Well, yeah. But when you're going up against Asgard, 14, I just thought it was the right that call. Them. Yeah. And maybe I went the wrong way with playing cable but like we said i was gonna play cable no matter what yep learning experience next character for you to do that with is domino and i'm glad she's in your list probably she is a three to be reckoned with she's one of the best threes in the game right now and uh there's good reason for that love it Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons you can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest Follow us on social media. Check us out on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com with any questions or inquiries. And if you can leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice, it really helps us out. Of course, if you're not subscribed to our show, please subscribe. That actually helps us out a lot. So some of you might just listen on the computer or Anchor or something. If you can just subscribe on a podcast platform, it actually helps out a lot. It really does. It's a really cool thing. How many subscribers we actually have, Chris, is kind of an insane thing. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And like Jesse said, keep those subscriber counts insane. That's right. And you guys following us on social media, like that does not go understated either. It really means a lot to us, and our Facebook page continues to get huge. I know our other pages are smaller, but like, it's a great place to comment, post, ask questions. We try to be as available as we can. So if you don't follow us there, it really helps us out if you do. Of course, you can find us on social media. You can find me, Jesse, on Twitter and Instagram, at Jesse Aiken. That's J-E-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. And I have a Star Wars show called The Canon Cantina. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Well, that's it for this tournament report, Chris. It was good to talk through our first tournament. We'll do more of these in the future, kind of refine this episode format, refine this process. Hopefully, we get to play a lot of varied and different players. I mean, I was happy to play three different players, three different affiliations all day. That was an awesome thing for me. I was just happy to play in person. Just playing in person on real boards with painted models is like huge right like we're already above the curb of a lot of people you know and it's like it's like no offense to tts like i love it and i respect the prowess of players on tts and i play on tts as well but like i've never signed up for the tts tournaments because all my free time is invested in this podcast and creating content for us to play in person on this podcast or either in our local area so i just don't have time for the tts and that's what's funny is like playing person's a lot more difficult, Chris, than playing TTS. It really absolutely is. You miss triggers. It's just going to happen. I won the tournament. I missed a couple Sam days triggers throughout the day. These things are going to happen more in person than they don't happen on TTS. And 
I'm really hoping things continue to improve everywhere and like the rest of the world can go back to local tournaments because it seems like the areas that do have local tournaments are really taking off and people are really loving it, Chris. AMG on top of that is releasing all these OP kits like the Separation mm-hmm. Anxiety Symbiote Kit where it's like a four-player free-for-all. Like how exciting is that? That's an only in-person thing. That really is only an in-person thing. Like you've got to get four players sit down play that symbiote scenario and just have fun, you know, and I'm really looking forward to more of this in the future, not just for the podcast, talk about it, but just to grow this community, not only in Oklahoma, but just everywhere, you know? Well, absolutely. The game is great and there's no reason more people shouldn't be playing it. There's just not. And so we're going to get them there. We're just going to do it. I agree. It's like casual, competitive. It does not matter. Like just show up, meet people, play, have fun. Be nice. Be nice. That's why we're all here. Be good to each other grow your community. So if you have any questions about that, reach out to us. Hopefully this happens everywhere, you know, Chris, and I think it really is right now. And I have really high hopes for the entire community of MCP and the future is bright. It absolutely is. Thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. We'll be right back.